0: I have worked many different jobs in my lifetime. Starting as a janitor, I worked on a farm for about two years. At one point later, as a PA teacher in a high school, I was even an officer before eventually moving to New Jersey and eventually getting a job as a park ranger in the Pine Barrens. I'd moved to New Jersey to be closer to my family. The job didn't seem to be hard. I'd work four days a week, and I would spend all my time in the park. The other three would be my days off. Now I haven't worked for the park for a very long time. And I'm about to tell you why. I think I lasted a year and maybe even less than that. I had a series of very strange things happen to me there. And the final straw made me quit my job as soon as I got the chance. I began working at Pine Barrens in April of that year. I was introduced to the job and the park are the park services. The place is humongous. It stretches over the area that is 22% of New Jersey. My job was to patrol a certain area, make sure everything was in order. If you've ever visited the Pine Barrens, you would know that abandoned buildings and towns are scattered throughout the park. I would clock in on a Tuesday, work through to Friday, and Saturday through Monday. The first couple of weeks went smooth. I was getting familiar with the woods and my route. The third week was when my first spooky experience happened. It was Thursday evening. I was going my regular route. The park was buzzing with nature sounds. There were no people anywhere that I'd run into that day. I know that sometimes kids like to wander the park at night looking for ghosts or just a secluded place to hang, but I had not seen any of them either. I was taking little mental notes of my surroundings and I noticed the humming and buzzing. I couldn't tell where it was coming from at first. I looked around for a few minutes and still nothing. The noise was beginning to get closer, which is when I realized it was sneering me from above. I looked up and saw three bright lights moving in a circle, almost as if they were spiraling down towards me. Instinctively, I ducked and ran as fast as I could. It probably ran for a couple hundred feet before turning around to see the lights were still there. They were not. There was no humming now either. I dropped to the ground, trying to gather my composite and catch my breath. I also tried to make sense of what had happened five minutes prior. I do believe in aliens, even though I never had an encounter before. I had no clue what else that could have been. So I kind of been in agreement with myself. Those were aliens, and I wouldn't think about that anymore, and it was okay for a while. I have never seen those lights after that. My second experience happened about five months after I began working in the park. I was again going on my regular route. It was now about 7 p.m., and at this point, since it was October, the sun was getting very low in the sky, and it was getting dark. The route was clear. Everything seemed to be in order, until I noticed something lurking behind the trees about a hundred yards away from me. At first, it looked like a person, maybe a man about five. Five seven. I thought it might have been some college kid playing a prank trying to scare me. I saw his shoulder peeking behind a tree. I yelled out that nobody is allowed to be in the woods this late in this time of year. He didn't move. Only after I shouted the third time, he had finally moved in front of the tree. I could take a good look at him. When I saw him, I nearly had a heart attack. He was dressed in dirty, torn-up clothing, but the most disturbing thing about him was his head, or lack of one, I should say. I looked at him, not knowing if I should ask what he was, what happened to him, or just bolt out of there as fast as I could. I didn't either. For a solid three minutes, I froze. Even though I noticed he had begun moving closer to me, I still could not lift a finger. He started running up to me. As he was getting closer, I realized he was also translucent. This was a poltergeist. Now, when it comes to an alien, I'm a believer. When it comes to ghosts, however, I was very skeptical and sarcastic at times that anybody would talk about ghosts or demons or any alleged paranormal activity. I moved to the right a couple of steps as he was running straight at me, and he just vanished. I turned around to see where he had gone, but there was no trace of him. Only a vapory trail of mist, just what looked like a cloud of dust almost settling. After that second incident, I decided that all my love for nature and the outdoors, and as much as I loved being a ranger, staying here was not worth it. This hot mess of a place was not worth me going literally insane for, trying to keep working there. I called in the next day and explained the situation. They told me that something like this had already happened for their previous rangers. They tried to convince me to stay on the job for longer and doubled my pay, but I refused. I would not risk losing my own mind. Back in 2003, I was part of a seasoned hunting troop of 21 people. We were out in the wilderness looking for elk. Our journey led us to a cave near a national park, an unexpected finding on our hunting expedition. As we ventured into the cave, something peculiar started happening. Our flashlights flickered erratically, and the GPS devices we carried for navigation began to malfunction. The cave was more than just an empty hole in the mountainside. We discovered a hidden tunnel, a small, obscured passageway that led to an expansive cavern. The moment we entered the cavern, a chilling sensation washed over us. The air felt heavy, charged with an oppressive presence that caused an inexplicable surge of fear in even the bravest amongst us. Our instincts screamed at us to leave, but the explorer in us kept us rooted. Then we saw it, a figure tall and pale, a grotesque distortion of the human form, standing at the edge of our light's reach. Its eyes glowed a sinister red, piercing the darkness, locking onto us. Panic seized us, a raw, primal terror that overrode all sense of reason. We turned tail and fled, driven by the overwhelming need to escape. In the years that followed, my fellow hunters, one by one, fell ill. They all succumbed to different forms of cancer, as if whatever we had encountered in that cave had marked us, cursed us. I am the sole survivor, carrying the memory of that terrifying encounter. The records of our hunting expedition were lost, probably destroyed, leaving no trace of our encounter with the unknown. But I know what we saw, what we experienced. It was real as real as the deaths of my fellow hunters, as real as the deaths of my fellow hunters, as real as the fear that still haunts me. A few years back, my two friends and I embarked on a casual hike to a well-known spot in our area. It was a stunning 150-foot waterfall, a rewarding sight after an uphill trek of about 45 minutes. This particular day, instead of heading directly to the waterfall, we decided to go bouldering around its base. The area was brimming with intriguing rock formations and tranquil pools formed by the waterfall's runoff. This bouldering trail was off the beaten path, not something many hikers ventured onto from the main trail. As we navigated the rocky landscape, we came across a chilling sight. A young woman, just 22 years old, lying face down in the mud. Both her legs were grotesquely broken, bone piercing through skin in what were clearly compound fractures. She had no cell phone, no water, no food, and no means to keep warm. Immediately, we dialed 911 and shared our limited supplies with her while we waited for help to arrive. It felt like ages before we heard the distant thrum of a helicopter. Soon, a rescue team swooped in, securing her for transport and flying her off to the nearest hospital. Later, we learned the harrowing details of her story. The previous night, she'd been hiking with a friend when they both plummeted from the waterfall. Her friend, attempting to seek help, unfortunately succumbed to his injuries less than 100 yards from where we discovered the young woman. No one knew of their accident Her injuries, or even their presence in that part of the trail. The thought of what she endured during those 20 agonizing hours alone in the wilderness still sends chills down my spine. It was nothing short of a miracle that she survived our decision to veer off the main trail that day. It turned out to be a life saving one. I've been driving trucks for as long as I can remember, hauling cargo across the country's vast highways. Over the years, I've heard countless stories from fellow truckers about strange occurrences on certain roads, but I've always dismissed them as mere superstition. That was until the night I found myself on the infamous Highway of Shadows. The sun had already set, and darkness wrapped its cloak around the desolate highway as I approached the entrance to the dreaded road. Fellow truckers had warned me about its dark reputation, a stretch of asphalt with eerie encounters and unexplainable phenomena. Still. I shrugged off their stories, telling myself that they were merely trying to spook the rookie in me. As I entered the highway, a chill crept down my spine, but I shook it off, attributing it to the cool night air. However, it wasn't long before the first strange event unfolded. My jeeps, a reliable companion on my journeys, suddenly went haywire, displaying an endless loop of recalculating routes. I tried restarting it, but the device remained unresponsive. Losing my GPs wasn't much of a concern. After all, I knew the route by heart. But soon my communication with the outside world vanished too. My radio was nothing but static, and calls to the trucking company went unanswered. It was as if the highway had swallowed me whole, cutting me off from the rest of the world. As I drove on, my unease grew, and I started to notice strange figures appearing in my rearview mirror. Each time I glanced back, they vanished into thin air. At first, I dismissed them as tricks of the imagination, attributing them to the fatigue of long hours on the road. But the night had more in store for me. A thick fog rolled in, swallowing the road and obscuring my view. The fog was so dense that it was impossible to see beyond a few feet ahead. My heart pounded in my chest as I navigated cautiously, relying solely on the dim glow of my headlights. In the fog, I saw glimpses of other truckers who had met unfortunate fates on the same road. Spectral apparitions of their weary faces and fading smiles haunted me. Their voices echoed in my mind, warning me to turn back while I still had a chance. My skepticism was replaced with terror as the malevolent force that haunted the Highway of Shadows became more apparent. The spirits of the fallen truckers, trapped in eternal unrest, appeared before me their eyes filled with anguish and desperation. They pleaded with me to leave, to escape before it was too late. With each passing moment, I felt the malevolence closing in, a dark and powerful presence that seemed to envelop the very air around me. I knew I had to confront it, to find a way to break free from its grasp. The past of this road had secrets buried deep within its asphalt, and those secrets held the key to understanding the malevolent force that now threatened my life. Driven by fear and curiosity, I delved into the highway's dark history, researching old newspaper archives and talking to locals who knew the road's darkest tales. I learned of a tragic accident that occurred decades ago, claiming the lives of innocent truckers. Their souls, never finding peace, had become forever tied to this road, seeking vengeance on those who dared to venture into their domain. The connection between the malevolent entity and me slowly unveiled itself. I discovered that one of the fallen truckers shared my family name, revealing a chilling connection to my past that I had never known. As the truth unfolded, I realized that I was destined to confront this malevolent force, that my journey on the Highway of Shadows was no coincidence, but a haunting fate I could not escape armed with newfound knowledge and an unyielding determination, I prepared to face the malevolent entity head-on. The fog thickened around me as I stood on the highway, waiting for its arrival. It approached like a swirling darkness, suffocating the night air with its malevolence. In that moment, I felt the weight of the spirit's sorrow and the pain of the tragic past that had befallen this cursed highway. But I also felt a glimmer of hope, the hope that I could somehow break the cycle and free these lost souls from their eternal torment. With a surge of courage, I confronted the malevolent force, challenging it with the strength of my will and the love I had for my own family. As the battle of spirits and emotions raged, I unearthed the truth of the past and offered solace to the souls who had been seeking closure for so long. In that pivotal moment, the highway seemed to tremble with the release of pent-up energy, and the fog began to dissipate, unveiling a clear night sky. The spirits of the fallen truckers gradually faded away, leaving behind a sense of peace that had been absent on this road for far too long. As I stood there, feeling the weight lift from my shoulders, I knew that I had broken the malevolent entity's grip on the Highway of Shadows. The road had finally found its peace, and so had I. From that night on, I vowed never to dismiss the stories of the road again. The Highway of Shadows had taught me a lesson in humility and respect for the unknown. My journey as a trucker continued, but now I carried with me the knowledge that there are forces in this world beyond our understanding and some roads hold secrets best left undisturbed. The story I'm about to tell doesn't involve the wilderness or any backcountry. Yet it's one of the creepiest experiences I've ever had. It happened one bright morning when I was rudely awakened from sleep by peculiar sounds resonating from above my head. As I groggily transitioned from the realm of dreams to reality, the noises began to coalesce into a pattern that resembled the heavy thud of adult footsteps in the attic. The audible thuds were so distinct that I initially thought it was the landlord carrying out some maintenance work. Or perhaps he'd hired someone to do it. As I shook off the last vestiges of sleep, the sound of the footsteps became more distinct, their rhythm unmistakable. The only issue was, the only entrance to the attic was through my room, and my bedroom door was locked. My heart pounded in my chest as I slowly became fully awake, and then I heard it again. The thud was directly above me now, as if the intruder had missed a step on a beam. I held my breath, bracing for a body to come crashing through the ceiling, but the crash never came. Instead, a complete and utter silence descended, leaving me in a state of unnerving anticipation. Feeling somewhat shaken, I decided to leave the room and inspect the house from the outside. This was a two-story house situated in a well-populated, respectable neighborhood. I examined the roof and the small vent windows, but everything seemed perfectly normal. The most baffling part was the fact that the only entrance to the attic was in my room. My mind raced to find a logical explanation. Could it have been tree branches falling and rolling off the roof, but the noise I heard was directly above the ceiling, not on the roof? It was as if someone was deliberately treading on the beams until they slipped. Or something else. I was armed with my pistol, and I even contacted the landlord, who promptly came over. Together, we opened the attic and climbed up with a flashlight to our surprise there was absolutely nothing the attic was completely empty what could possibly make such a hefty noise akin to a full-grown man taking large deliberate steps on the beams the incident left me baffled and to this day i've been unable to explain it months later i encountered a seasoned hunter from the neighborhood a man who'd spent his life tracking and understanding creatures of the wild. When I shared my experience, his face turned a shade paler. He told me tales of an unknown creature, a being that could climb walls and vanish without a trace, a creature that had been heard but never seen. Could that have been my uninvited guest? To this day I can't explain it, but the mystery of the unknown creature in my attic continues to haunt me. I'm a police officer, and I was always a skeptic. So it was January of 2001 when I had an encounter that sent chills down my spine. I came face to face with a tall being, a terrifying figure that brought to mind images of Nosferatu. This particular incident remains one of the scariest experiences I've ever had. And it's an unsolved mystery that continues to haunt me till this day. It was around 2.30 in the morning, and I was driving down a road in Franklin County, Texas. I had just passed under a dimly lit street light, the faint light barely sufficient to illuminate my surroundings. That's when I noticed something. There was some movement on the right side of the road near the cow paths that crisscrossed the area. It seemed like something large had hurriedly crossed my path. Slowing down to roughly 45 miles per hour, I decided to let whatever it was pass me, if it intended to cross the road again. But then an unimaginable sight unfolded before my eyes. What seemed to be a man traveling on all fours abruptly leaped up from the ground and soared over my car. The creature I saw was unlike anything I'd ever encountered. It stood well over eight feet tall, its skin a sickly pale white. The creature's face was distorted, its skin carrying a ghastly glow its long claws a terrifying sight. Its eyes were a strange mix of yellow and green, its face pronounced with sharp features. Bald with sharp pointy ears, its whitish, deathly, bluish skin was reminiscent of Nosferatu, and the creature's face bore an eerie similarity to a vampire bat. Could this have been some sort of ancient creature akin to a vampire or a demon? Is it prowling these parts, preying on cows, or perhaps it's the mysterious chupacabra known for draining the blood of livestock animals? The questions abound, but answers remain elusive. I work in the outdoor field and lead trips regularly. I once led a trip to the top of Mount Stringer in North Carolina. It's a tough climb to get to the top and about six miles from the nearest road. I was leading a group of eight middle school kids and had one co-instructor. We were camping out on top of the mountain and it was a beautiful night with a full moon. The kids and the other co-instructor went to bed in their tents. I chose to spend the night in a hammock that night. I was really into a book I was reading, so I stayed up and read until about 10.30 p.m. I turned my headlamp off to settle in for the night. Everything around me was rather bright from the moon and from the position I was in. I could see down the trail we had hiked to get to the top. I laid there enjoying the scenery and noticed something moving on the trail. Bears are common in the area, so I perked up. As it got closer, I could tell it was a person. We were in the middle of nowhere and there was someone hiking up the trail with no headlamp or any gear. I was just frozen, watching this person move closer to our camp. They arrived at the top of the mountain where we were and just stopped. I watched as what appeared to be a man surveyed our camp. I really could only see the outline of him. He stood there for what seemed like 30 minutes, but may have been 10. He then turned, sat down under a tree facing our camp. He was sitting up in a way that I knew he wasn't trying to sleep. He just sat there staring at our camp. I had no idea what to do. I decided to wait it out. I waited just staring at the man while he stared at my camp. This went on until about 3.30 a.m. Then he stood up, took a moment to survey my camp a few minutes longer, and then went back down the trail he came up on. I, to this day, have no idea what that was all about. But it freaked me out. I was paranoid that we were being followed for the rest of the trip. Working the night shift has a way of skewing your perception of time. Before you know it, the world is celebrating Christmas and you're just finishing up work at 1 a.m. That's exactly where I found myself one Christmas morning about to embark on a six-hour drive north to spend the holiday with my parents. This wasn't a bustling cityscape. This was the rural South Island of New Zealand, a landscape punctuated by small towns and vast stretches of untouched nature. It was the kind of place where traffic was sparse on a regular day, let alone at 1 a.m. on Christmas morning. Throughout my drive, I passed only a handful of cars, fellow night owls making their own solitary journeys. About halfway through my trip, I reached a stretch of road that was truly isolated. The mountains seemed to reach out and touch the sea, with the narrow road carved into the cliffside. On one side, the towering cliffs rose into darkness. On the other, the roaring sea crashed against the rocky shore. Its ebb and flow a steady soundtrack to my journey. It was on this remote road, some twenty kilometers from the nearest town, that my headlights illuminated an unusual sight, a man walking in the middle of nowhere. The pitch, black night, the eerie sound of the waves, and the intermittent sea fog created an almost otherworldly backdrop to this lone figure. What made the scene even stranger was what he was carrying. A cheap blow-up doll slung over his shoulder. There were no houses in sight, and given the steep mountains and the proximity of the sea, it was clear there were no suitable places for a dwelling, until I reached the next town. This man was truly in the middle of nowhere, and his presence was inexplicably unsettling. Friends have since asked me if I stopped to see if he needed help, suggesting he might have been left behind by someone but in the face of that bizarre spectacle under the vast expanse of the starry sky with the relentless sea as my only companion there was no way I was stopping. I drove on the image of the man and his blow-up doll growing smaller in my rearview mirror. Even now the memory lingers. A lone figure in the darkness. A curious anomaly against the rugged beauty of rural New Zealand. I still don't know who he was or why he was there. All I know is that Six... Our drive was the longest I've ever experienced, and I'll never forget that Christmas morning. I was living in one of the cabins with my husband and two younger children. We had finished dinner, and they were in the living room. It was getting later, but was still pretty light out, as it had been sunny that day. I started to walk from the kitchen to the living room, and a movement caught my eye, straight ahead, through the bathroom window. I stood... Stock still in disbelief as a Sasquatch walked up the dirt road heading south from our cabin with huge long strides. I could see his back only. I sensed it was a male, though I couldn't say why. He seemed to be aware of me watching him, but wasn't worried. He was about seven feet tall with reddish-brown hair about two feet long. He had very long arms and legs, and walked very confidently and controlled-looking. He walked behind a large tree at the edge of the road and just disappeared. I kept waiting for him to show up on the other side of the tree, but he just seemed to vanish. I wasn't frightened, as he didn't seem malevolent or animalistic. Our dog was chained up outside the window and she was barking and lunging at the end of her chain, watching him. He didn't seem at all phased by the dog. I was so engrossed watching him that I didn't think to say anything out loud until he disappeared. Then I walked into the living room in a daze and told my husband I just saw Bigfoot walk up the road. I went out a few minutes later and looked at the road by the tree, but the ground was too dry and packed for any tracks to show.